Hi, I'm Jess, creator of Ladybug Art, and I'm here to talk about my room with John from Never Just a Dog. Lovely to catch up with you. Yeah, and you. I wish we weren't having this conversation. We we're having a different one. Yeah, so soon as well. It was yeah. uh, it was going to be a long time coming, but it, it came sooner than I thought it would. Yeah, with my little Rue. She's uh, been 11 weeks now. I think it's been the longest 11 weeks of my life, actually. It's, uh, it seems not long ago, and then it, everything that's happened in between it just seems like years. It's, it's horrible. But um, she's still here. I know she's still here. She's around. So what happened on the lead up to Rue passing away? With Ruri, I, I didn't keep everyone in the loop, but I kind of often put it up on my, my Instagram stories process with her. I mean, she got sick. She was diagnosed with arthritis back in 2020, sort of the start of the pandemic, she collapsed in the garden and she couldn't get up. And we were all in a blind panic because she'd been healthy up until that point. With the pandemic and everything else, we weren't allowed to go into the vets. So we didn't know what was coming. Anyway, it was just a diagnosis of arthritis, her getting older. She was 11. So we were like counting our lucky stars that she wasn't any more sick than she was. So that was when the swimming came into it and the hydrotherapy and the massages and medication started and everything else. And then she was happy. She was good. Everything was manageable up until October, uh, October 2021. And I just happened to look in her mouth. I don't know why I looked in her mouth. I looked in her mouth and she had like this tiny growth, like this mass in the side of her mouth. Now, Ruby and part Labrador, she was lumpy anyway. She was absolutely, I used to call her Lumpy Lou because she was just covered. She had, I don't know if you've seen photos, but she had a big lump on her eye, um, completely benign. Wasn't anything, you know, untoward. And they said to me, you can remove it if you want to, but it's just vanity, you know, and I was like, she, she doesn't care. So she kept that one. So anyway, with, with the lump, I was like we'll just go and get it tested we'll just go and see but as long as it's as well as the other ones she'll be absolutely fine but the bad news came and it was she was diagnosed with with mouth cancer but as a dog owner we we spoke it through she's 13 they were like it could be six weeks it could be six months you know as long as she's happy it's keeping her watching her and, and if she's able to eat and everything else and we were like, no, she's all good. You know, I'm not going to put her through chemo. She's already very, very arthritic. She walks with a limp, you know, character-wise. It was brilliant. I'm not going to put her through that because she's too old. If we go through surgery, I might lose her sooner than I would. So we just kind of left it at that. And I was checking it daily, sort of. I'd try and keep my mind off of it, but it was just getting bigger and bigger. No change in her personality. She was still greedy. She was still waiting at the fridge, still follow, still my shadow, you know, still wanted a cup of tea in the evening. <laughs> Greedy and waiting at the fridge, that's the Labrador part of it. Yeah. 100%. Nothing changed, you know, so I was like, we're in this, we're in this together. I go by her, you know, she leads me on, on this path. 
we know it's the final chapter. Let's make it a good one. And that she she wanted to do. And then the start of December, her characteristics started changing. She was didn't want to get out of bed and she was quite picky with what she was eating. Now, I can honestly say Rudy was so human. You had to change her food every day. Some days she wanted roast chicken. Some days she wanted boiled chicken. Some days she wanted rice. Other days she wanted a jacket potato. Like she, she, she refused to eat anyway if she didn't want to eat it. Um, so she was real high maintenance anyway. So we're doing everything. We're like boiled eggs, carbonara, anything, cheeseburgers on a platter. You know, what, what one do you want? And she kind of started going off a bit. She got really sick and, you know, dogs do that thing and I hate when they do it, when they start hiding because they've been sick. And you've never told your dog off for being sick, but they just think they're going to get told off. And you're like, no, it's cool. It's, you know, you want to rub their back. And, and they're like, no, I'm bad. Um, so she kept hiding in all the corners of the house, sort of being sick. And I thought, we need to go back to the vets here. Now, first of all, they said it was a sickness bug. Uh, they said it's nothing to do with her mouth, which I think genuinely it was because we'd taken her out and... She just used to eat anything. She used to go in a bush and be like, mmm, fox crap. That's nice. I'll have that. So it was like, okay, she's sick. They injected her with with anti-sickness and, and everything else. And she perked up again. And that was it. She was fine. Coming up to a week prior to the ninth, it was probably the, the second or the third, she just got really, really unwell. And she loved swimming. She loved swimming so much. And she got up to go swimming and she always used to run to the front door. I wouldn't even say the time. I wouldn't say what day it is. And she would run to the front door for swimming and she just collapsed and she just fell to the floor. And I just thought, you want to go, but you can't go. This is not her. She'd pull through anything. You know, she'd be like, I'm having a sick day, but I'm still going swimming. So from there, I had to take her back to the vets. We went back to the vets and they just said, look, you know, she's, the mass in her mouth had just become huge o- over the period of six weeks. And it was kind of like palliative care time. It was like, okay, I don't know how long we have left. So we brought her home and she just chilled. And it was kind of the talks that we didn't want, the preparations that we we had to make that we really didn't want to. Because it's, it's, it's such a difficult situation when they're still here. And you think, I'm talking about something that might not happen for weeks. And I don't want to talk about it in front of them. So we'd never speak about it in front of her. We'd always go to the kitchen or, you know, wait until she's asleep. And then give it the, it was the fifth. We went out to the garden. And she just laid down. And she looked at me. And this look that she gave me in the nearly 14 years that we've been together, I've never seen this look in my life. And I just looked at her and I said to her, you're ready, aren't you? And she just kept staring at me and it's eyes that I've never seen before. And it was like the easy route. She gave me, she was like saying, mum, it's okay. I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's do this. And it was like, it was so overwhelming. I can't express. People always say, they let you know. They tell you and they let you know. And you're like, yeah, but how? 
you know how how can I physically know it's it's a choice I don't want to make she made it so easy for me from that moment then she didn't eat she refused to drink she barely stood up so I was like right okay so we went into the vets uh just for one last consultation and they said you know the the time is ready and she got the clippers out and I was like no 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 (laughs) not right now like I'm just discussing it with you to put everything in place um I thought we need a couple of days to bring her back home. I had to tell my daughter, who was nine. And How was that? She's, I mean, Rue was three when Bug was born. And it was one of those, everyone was quite nervous because Rue was my baby, Rue was my child. So we were like, are we going to have a bit of competition here? Rue and Bug were inseparable from, from the moment she was born and for the, ne- the, the 10 years after they were just inseparable. So I kind of said to Buggy, look, the, the vet gave us two days because where Rue wasn't eating or drinking or anything like that, we knew that it was time for her to go, you know, so we couldn't drag it out. So I said to Buggy, she's going to pass over. She's going to be in the next life. This is the process. She wanted to be there for all of it. She was like, I'm going to be there for all of it. it it's the understanding she's old enough to understand but she's young enough that I don't want to scar her you know it's a massive worry that I don't want to put her through a form of trauma that that she could have so it was an explanation you know we're going to go to the vets there's going to be a needle are you going to be okay with this she was like yeah fine I've got to be with Rue we're going to do this we're all going to do this together then that was two nights and, and one day left with her and we didn't really know what to do. It's it's one of those, I see so many wonderful videos online of like their last days where they go out for runs and they have cheeseburgers and steaks. And it, Rue didn't want any of that. She was like, I just want to sleep. I just want to do my thing. I want to sit. Rue's favorite film was 101 Dalmatians. So I sat and watched. She loved Rue's favorite film. From when she was a puppy, I'd put 101 Dalmatians on and she'd sit through the whole film, watching it. Yeah. And I used to say to her, Pongo's your boyfriend. As soon as, as, soon as it would come on, oh I'd go, Pongo, God, here he is, he's your boyfriend. Oh, mum. Yeah, and she was like, shut <laughs> up, I'm watching the film. So yeah, so we watched, we watched the film. The night before, uh, I just, I couldn't sleep because it was like, these are the last moments. This is the last night. It's the last everything. Um, her sleep pattern had gone out the window. I slept on the floor, but for previous since the July I'd slept in the living room with her anyway because with an elderly dog their temperatures change everything changes she didn't want to come on the bed anymore had her in the bed for like 12 years 13 years so I was like well I'm not going in the bed if you're not (laughs) so I stayed in the living room with her yeah so that last night it was emotional but it was she was okay you know she wasn't getting sick she wasn't she was just tired, and you could see it. She was really tired. So then the morning came, and it was that dreaded, you know what's coming. You know what's coming. We all know what's coming. I, I laid with her for a little while. I, I spoke to her about everything, and she was my best friend. And, and you know, all the memories that we had together, I, I wanted to let her know that I'll never forget them and, and everything that we went through, you know, I mean, so many places we've lived and and 
parenthood. She took on the role of parenthood as well and entertaining the child. So, yeah, I mean, it was all the memories. I, I spoke to her that morning. It's a weird one. It's like they look at you as if they understand and you think you are listening. You do remember these things. And it rained. I've got to say it was. It had rained like five days up until that. It was just, it was like the gloom, you know, of, of feeling how the, how the sky reacts to how you feel. And it was because I'm preparing for this moment. It's raining. Everything's dark. And then that morning, the sun came out and, and just shined. And for whatever reason, she'd, she'd not been mobile for about 12, 16 hours. And she got up. She got up and she wanted to go outside. And Rue's thing that we've always done, I have a coffee on the doorstep in the morning and she sits and listens to the birds. And we all went outside. It was me, Bug, my daughter and my partner, George. And we all went out to the front. And she just, the sun was just beating down on her face because she was such a sun worshipper. She was that dog who just gets too hot and you have to tell her to come in. And the sun was beating down and the birds were singing and she looked so happy. She was like, it was like final loose ends for her. You know, she was like, okay, this is the last time. It got to about an hour before we had to leave to go to the vets. And she came in and she walked around the flat. She looked at her toys and then she just went to the front door. And we were like, okay, you know, it's time to go. Rue had seven or eight blankets every blanket that we had she claimed so we we took two of her favorite blankets with us she ran to the van like she knew what was what was about to happen and I cannot express how easy she made this process for us because it could have gone I dread the thought of having to take her out the house you know and she doesn't want to leave her bed and everything else she was like, no, mum, it's time. You know, my bags are packed. Let, let's go. So we were like, okay, that's it. We're going to have to go to the vets. I live here and it's somewhere, I mean, I've lived here since 2016. But it was that kind of thing that as you're shutting the front door, you're kind of looking around as to all, all the places that she was and all the places that she's been and going all through that process again. Made sure bug wanted to come with us you know we had some time spare and I said to Bug she's ready she wants to do this you know are you sure you want to come Bug was like of course you know she's my Rue we've, we've all got to be there so we drove to the vets we park up outside the vets obviously we do have an option we did have the option for, for a vet to come to our home but I didn't want that to be a memory I didn't want that to be a memory for her. I didn't want that to be a memory for us. Rue, again, I wanted to keep it as normal as possible. She knows what the vets is. She hates it anyway. She was she used to try and bite every vet that she's physically seen. So I was like, I don't want it to be a stranger in the house, you know, coming to do something to her, anything like that. I thought, no, we're going to go there. So we went to the vets. Really lovely, lovely, lovely vet. She just, some people are in it for money. Some people are in it for love. Uh, and that vet was in it for love. And she said to me, do you want to bring her in or do it outside? Or, and I said, look, she's comfortable in the van. She loves being in the van. We'll do it out here. And she's wagging her tail. 
and she's like, okay, you know, this is this is time. Then it's like the process of the clippers, doing the shave mark. Clippers don't work. So we're like, okay, not a problem. She said, I'll try, try the needle once. Needle goes straight in. It just, as perfect as perfect can get. We've got, I'm at the front of her, holding her head. Uh, Bugs at the side of her, stroking her, and George is, George is at the back. And we're just telling her she's a good girl, you know. I can't, I still, I can't get over that day because she was so ready. I, 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 she was so ready. There was, I didn't cry. There was no emotion there. I don't know whether it was because I was being strong for her because I didn't, she always worried about me and it was my time to be there for her. And then that was it. The, you know, the drip went in and she just went to sleep within seconds. She was so tired. She was so done with that body. You know, she was like, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. And I, I pressed my nose against her nose and I felt her last breath on my face. And then, and then that was it. And we just sort of sat there for a moment. And of course, Bug was there. And I said to Bug, you know, she's, she's passed over. She's left her body. She was like, okay, mum, you know, she was tired. Or not, she doesn't call me mum, she calls me mummy. I work with a crematorium in in Hook in Hampshire. I do their designs. And I'm on like a, I'm on a talking basis with, with Kevin, the owner. We'd arranged a couple of days before that Rue would be going there. So he said, you know, when you're ready, bring her down. So it was like an hour's, hour's journey. Some was still beating down. Some was still shining. It was just, I can't say I was happy, but I was so content already. It was only sort of one o'clock. That was it. Rue was in her blanket. She was on my lap. Bug wanted to sit in the front. George drove us there. It was about an hour's drive getting there. And I just sort of laid on Rue in the back of the car. I just had this thing about her fur. Her fur, it was like a hard, I wouldn't say wiry, but it was a, a coarse straight hair short hair the kind of hairs that hurt you know when they get stuck and you just think ow you know and I, I was stroking her fur and she had the she had a fat neck <laughs> she had like this um you could pick up loads of her skin on her neck um and I loved her neck and I just pressed my head into her neck because I knew that I wouldn't be doing it for much longer we're driving I'm laying on route. I can't see the route ahead. This, bearing in mind I'm 31, the only bird of prey I've ever seen is in Canada. Uh, I saw an eagle, uh, a bald eagle in Canada. They're the only birds of prey I've seen. This bird of prey on the motorway has come out of nowhere and gone straight into the windscreen of the van. Honestly, it was like, I've never heard I've never touched wood. I've never been in a car accident. I've never experienced any sound like that. <laughs> this, I shouldn't laugh because it was tragic. It did fly away. I will say George said it, it carried on flying afterwards. But he said, I just saw these like talons come towards the windscreen. He said, and it just hit. It just hit the windscreen. It made everyone jump. 
I've sat up, bolt upright, and I've just looked and I'm like, what the hell was that? And he said it was a bird of prey. At that moment, a car went past and the number plate, obviously we've got um, two letters, two numbers, and then three letters for our number plates. I don't know what it's like there for you. This car has come past and the last three letters of that number plate were R-O-O, spelling out Rue. And I was like, I just can't, you can't make that shit up. It's, no. There are millions of number plates. There are millions of cars on the road. If I'd have still been led down, I wouldn't have seen it. It, it was like Rue had gone, this is your last, you know, I'm going to show you. This is, I'm showing yep. you. And there we you were go, just Mom. like, all of us just shut up. All of us were just like, jaws to the floor. Oh my God. This is incredible. Yeah. Anyway, so so that was it. We we were just kind of dumbfounded all, all for the rest of the way there. You know, I'm stroking her. I'm like, Rue, you did give me a sign. We get to the crematorium. We park up, and they say that we we got there a bit too early. Obviously, I understand that they're on a schedule, everything else, but it worked in our favour. We had more time with her. They have beautiful gardens and. It was all such a blur, you know, where you're just walking through and you're like, wow, yeah. that's so interesting. Anyway, so so Buggy said she wanted uh, a moment with Rue on her own. That's fine. That's cool. So George and I came away from the van, left Bug to say whatever she wanted to say to Rue. It's none of my business. It's between those two. They had their own relationship. Something on the day I learned is, is she told me afterwards that Bug always gave Rue the same amount of kisses. And I, it was something that I never knew um, until that day. And she was like, I've got to give her um, her kisses. And it was always the same amount every time she kissed her, which I thought was... Was there a number? Like, was it 10, 3 or 6? It's or funny you should say 10 or 3. 10 or 3 is going through my head right now. It's either 10 or 3. But, it, what, you know, it was a certain amount that no one ever picked up on. No one ever realised that she had that thing with Rue. And, you know, like I said, they had their moment together. Then Buggy came away with me. George had his moment with her. And then just as that happened, we were called to go in. And this crematorium, I can't, it's so beautiful. They have, we went into a goodbye room, which she's laid out on our blanket. There's a sofa in there. You know, it's just, it's so calming. And we're all talking about her memories. Bug was drawing her a picture. We gave her piggy. She had her piggy. She had two piggies, just in case the other one ever, ever something happened to it. But we gave her her piggy. Uh, she had a marshmallow because she absolutely loved marshmallows. She ate them like a human. She ate marshmallows like a human. She kind of tore them in little tiny pieces, and would eat it individually. She's more delicate than me. I just go. I'm, I'm so scared of choking. Honestly, it. I'm so scared of choking. She's obviously learnt off of me to just take things. Yeah, but yeah. So so we laid out her goat strip, her marshmallow, her piggy, and um, George gave her her sausages. You know the big long rope toy sausages. We don't want to give her too much for her journey, 
but she's going to have to have something because she'll be hungry on the way, you know. So I thought a little, little marshmallow boost and, and a goat strip for her journey. So I can't tell you how long we were in there. You know, it's one of those things that, that just you don't look for time. And again, we were talking over everything. We were saying our goodbyes, telling her that she was such a good girl. And uh, the woman came in and she said, is there anything that you want to take? Now, George, my partner, is a barber. So I thought it was only fair that he took a clip in of, of her hair, that he was the one to shave her hair, which was a, a touch that something that will stay with me for a long time. And I think it gives him contentment as well. You know, we didn't want anyone else to do it. So he had the clippers. He shaved, shaved a piece of her hair from her fat neck because it did, it would you wouldn't notice it. You know, we just kind of brushed it back over, put that in a bag, and then and then it was time to go. It was time to go to the to the chamber, the kiln, the, the whatever you call it. And we walked her through the remembrance wall, which they have like plaques of all the dogs that want remembrance. There's like two black gates it sounds morbid but it's not it, it's beautiful the way it's laid out um but it's just to kind of keep privacy there there's two gates there I said to the guys I said to Bug and George you know it's gonna have to be me on my own now because it was me and Rue in the beginning and it's gonna have to be me and Rue at the very end they understood so we went through one of the guys there I want to say his name is Will he was so lovely it just matters in the moments that you don't realize it matters. We walked in and he gave Rue a big kiss and he said, Oh my goodness, aren't you such a beautiful girl? You know? And he said to me, I'm so sorry, you know, that we have to do this. And I said, do you know what? I said, the, the, the way that the day's gone, she was so ready. I, I, again, I'll say it and I'll say it a million times. She was so ready for this. There was no, guilt in me there was no wishing for other situations it she was ready so he said you know she got everything for her journey so I double checked yep she's got piggy she's got her goat strip she's got the sausages to play with to make friends and she's got her marshmallow for the little sugar boost on the way up and um that was it and I, I said to him you know can I can I sort of put her in there with you just because she was always scared without me. Rue didn't like being without me, you know, and I didn't want her to be without me just on the, on the last bit. And he said, yeah, he said, uh, I'm going to say a little prayer for her. Is there anything you want me to add? As I mentioned before, Rue with her characteristics, I just said to him, please ask her not to bite anyone. Uh, <laughs> you know, because I knew, I knew wherever she's heading, she's going to bite someone. <laughs> no, just please be good. Please make friends. Wow. So that was it. We we put her in the chamber. He shut the door. Uh, and it was something along the lines of, may your brindle soul be the light that, that guides us all through. Um, and your mum says, please don't bite anyone. And that was it. And it ended on a laugh. You know, we were laughing. Again, I didn't cry. I wasn't crying. I hadn't cried the whole day. And And it was something that I thought I would. I thought I'd be an absolute mess the whole day. And I wasn't. I came out, we all sat on the stones and just watched the the smoke come up out the chamber and I said to Buggy, you know, that's that's the stars 
going up to the sky, you know, she's going to be in the sky now. And then from that moment, we had about five, 10 minutes of not knowing what to do. We had no idea what to do. Now with dignity, had we have been there earlier, we would have been able to take her ashes home on the same day. Uh, But we were just a little where we sort of, like I said, time was a blur that day, but we must have been in in the goodbye room such a long time um, that she couldn't come home that day. I took everything in in my stride because I was like, okay, she obviously wants the night away from me. She obviously, you know, needs a moment. She She can't come home yet. That's fine. It's not a problem. We got in the van. I had, she went with her blanket. I've got her other one. The moment we left that crematorium, it started raining and it was just downpour. And I just held her blanket and I, when I say I smashed my face into it, I smashed my face into her blanket and I just cried all the way home. It was kind of silent. It was that eerie, we don't know whether to listen to the radio. We don't know whether to put songs, a playlist on. We don't know what to do. So we said to Buggy, you know, what, what songs do you want to pick? And, and Rue, towards the end, for whatever reason, Coldplay, the band, every song that they do reminds me of, of Rue. Even before she passed, even before she got sick, they always reminded me of Rue. Bug Picks, Everglow by Coldplay. So that was Rue's song. So that was it. We were all gone. We were all just crying all the way home. You know, perfectly acceptable, perfectly. I don't know how I'd lasted the whole day without without crying. And it was that we, we pulled up outside. Bug wanted a McDonald's, which then upset me even more because uh, Rue obviously loved a cheeseburger. So I said, we're going to have to get Rue a cheeseburger, as we always did. Got home and I couldn't walk in the front door. I just, you don't realise the impact that everything has. You know, you sort of go through the motions and you think, right, you know, we go to the vet and then she passes away. And then everything in between, some people might be different, but I don't, I didn't think about. And I said to George, you know, take Buggy in if Bug wants to go in. Those two came in and it just took me about half an hour, 45 minutes to walk back into the door. And it was a weird, it it was a weird feeling because in the first moments of grief, you, I don't know whether it's like a form of shock or going through the motions or what, but I just, I was so confused. You know, your brain doesn't accept her bed was still here. Her toys are still here, her her bowl's still out for food and, and water. Everything is is as it was the morning we left. But Rue wasn't here and I just couldn't get my head round it. I mean it was quite late by that point. It was about half six, seven o'clock. And straight away I've gone to the kitchen, picked up her medication because I thought, right, it's time for her medication. Straight you know, so many stupid things that you just you don't realise that you're in such a routine, especially with an elderly dog. You're in such a routine with, with them. And then I just laid on her bed. I laid on her bed and I must have 
needed sleep. Like I said, since the July, I'd been sleeping in the living room with her. And then the past two weeks leading up to her leaving, I hadn't slept a lot. And I just fell asleep in her bed. And I woke up the next morning. And it's that, I still do it now, that moment in just as you wake, but you're still half asleep, where everything as everything is how it was before and everything is how it should be. And then the realisation hits. George, he forgot. He, he just obviously... The world doesn't stop. Your world stops, but the world around you doesn't. And he had to go to work the next day, which I can only imagine how, you know, he was he was just messaging me all day and he just, you can't talk about it. You can't, you know, if someone says, are you okay? You're like, no, but you can't say no. You have to put on a brave face because you're in a workplace, especially where he is. It's he, He's in a barbershop. He owns a barbershop. So, it's just pure men, you know. So in his mind, he's like, I can't turn around and go, I'm, I feel like death because my dog's just died. Anyway, I'm, I'm sat at home, not really knowing what I'm doing. I had some um, chicken nuggets because Rue loved chicken nuggets. I ate those for her. And then there was a knock at the door and a woman from Dignity brought Rue back and I opened the front door and she said to me, she's home. She just went, she's home. And that was it. Then for the rest of the day, I, I just cradled her own and didn't do anything. I, I, I honestly, for two, three days after, I can't remember what I did, what I didn't do. I can't remember where I slept. I can't remember what I ate. I can't remember anything. It was just an overpowering feeling of her. She was at the forefront of my mind. She was at the back of my mind. She was, yeah, it, it, it was just, it's, it's an unbearable ache, you know, that you just, you have to kind of learn and come to terms with because like I said, the world, the world around you doesn't stop, but your world has completely fallen. It was just a, an awful time. You can't pick a time that anyone's going to leave this planet. But her birthday was the 16th of January. She left on the 9th of February. We had Christmas. I didn't want to celebrate Christmas. I didn't want to. But you have little people. You know, the, the little humans want to celebrate. So we had to celebrate it. It, it was just, it, it was a blur. Obviously, you're happy on Christmas Day. You watch your children open presents, everything else. But Rue still had her stocking up. I didn't take Rue's stocking down. She still had her presents in there. But it was just, it, it was a bit shit. And then, and then New Year's, New Year's came. We went down to my mum's. I took Rue with me. I mean, it, I slept with Rue's urn. I had her collar wrapped around my wrist. I slept with her urn every night for the first two weeks. We went down to my mum's for New Year's and it was just a weird one. I mean, we had the pee, we have a few drinks, you know, you've got the nibbles, you've got everything out. And then the countdown comes and you're like, you know, 10, 9, 3, 2, 1, happy new year. 
And I just, I was like overwhelmed with emotion and, and for the first time since she left, guilt, because I was like, I'm leaving her behind. I, I'm leaving her in 2021. Why the hell would I celebrate a new year when she's in this one? Burst into tears, you know, <laughs> the family's there, everyone's there. I, I left the room. I went into the lodge where Rue was and I just kind of sat there and I had to kind of, only you can pull yourself out the mud. Um, and I have, a, I'm very in touch with who I am and how I feel. And I had a quick chat with myself and, and quick realization that, you know, she's, she's never going to leave. She's never left and I'm not leaving her behind. It's carrying her through with everything that she left you know, everything that she left in my head, in my heart and in my home, she's, she's never going to go away. It's okay to celebrate. It's okay to be happy because for the past 11 weeks, I've had battles of laughing, you know, I'll laugh at the TV and then I'll be overwhelmed because I'm like, why am I laughing when I'm sad? You know, and it's, it's those motions that you just have to kind of, you have to ride the wave with it because it's okay. Everything's okay. And then it comes to, to Rue's birthday. And I just went over to my work unit. Obviously Rue's bed was there. For whatever reason, I feel so close to, to Rue over at my, my art unit. And I just sat there all day. Her treats there, her toys are out there. George came over with a card and some flowers and, uh, you know, there's there's moments where you just talk about her. And I still, people that don't know scenarios, I still talk about her like she is still here because for me she is. And there's no reason, doesn't matter whether I say she was or she is or, you know, anything like that. It's not, it doesn't matter. And then after the 16th of January, it was then my daughter's birthday and it was going to be her first birthday without Rudy in that in the space of the past 11 weeks we've had so many firsts already that we just kind of have to have to battle it out it I am so fortunate that I have the job that I do I'm my own boss if situations were different and I was back to working a nine-to-five I, I don't know I, I have no idea how I would have handled it but I'm able to say I can't get out of bed this morning. I'll get myself dressed. You know, I'll put some makeup on to make myself feel better. I'll get to the front door. I can't leave. But it's adjusting myself in ways of letting myself feel like that. It's okay to feel like that. No one's going to tell me any different. Again, I'm fortunate. My family around me have been wonderful. They know that I'm quite a closed book. Um... So they just kind of lead me to it and they say to me, if you want to talk, I'm here. If you don't, I understand. But I just say to them, look, I'm having a bad day. It's all I have to say. I'm having a bad day and they get it and they understand. You know, Rue impacted everyone. Everyone was distraught. My dad, my dad was, the, the day before she left, he came over, he said goodbye. It was one of the rare occasions that I've ever seen him cry. You know, we went away for New Year's. I said to my dad, if you want to come over to the flat for a little while, you're more than welcome to. He said, no, because Rudy's not going to be there. You know, everyone feels it. Everyone understands. How is it 
doing your artwork after it means so much more I created Ladybug Art on the pain that I felt from losing Bullseye in 2008 I lost or we lost as a family chili bean in 2015 everything that I've created is is my truth and how I feel I'm just fortunate that other people feel the same and and we can relate to it after losing Rue it's become more apparent of the meaning of what I do it means so much more to me and because it was a panic, it was a panic for me. I thought, oh my God, I'm not going to be able to paint again. You know, I base my art and the, a lot of pets that I paint have passed over, have, have left the earth. How the hell am I going to carry on? How the hell can I pick up a paintbrush and paint someone else's dog? But oh my God, it was like an overwhelming feeling that I have to do this because I know how they're feeling and I know the importance. If this is going to bring them comfort, and I get to be a part of that. I wanted to do it. I, you know, it's it's made me, I'm so busy and, and without my work, I'm so scared to stop at the moment. I feel like if I stop, the pieces that I have together will break and I won't be able to pick them up again my network and the people on my art page and I don't even want to call them followers because they're not followers they're my friends they have got me through the past 11 weeks they have completely it's a it's a community of people who completely understand what you're going through without even having to say it because they know yeah I I I don't know what I would have done without them so it's amazing. It's amazing. They've been a huge support. I love my job. I love my job. And you need to celebrate the end of life. Uh, and the final chapters, the final chapters of anyone, but our, our pets is something that we just need to keep talking about and keep the memories alive because they are the biggest impact. And if that, as my job is just to paint and make art, to make people feel better just for a moment then uh then I'm doing something right